Welcome back, beautiful souls, to another episode of the Spiritual Shiftworker Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to this week's guest, and I think this conversation has to be had. And what Ketty is going to be sharing is so important, not only if you are older in life and maybe have not had the financial literacy that maybe you wish you had, or maybe you don't even know where to start, and it's okay, because you can start now. And what I love as well is that it is time to really change the narrative, to shift the narrative on wealth, and really raise our children in a different light, in a different world when it comes to money. Money mindset, wealth building, financial literacy. This is a beautiful conversation that Ketty and I have had. And so just a little bit about Ketty. She is a mom of three, a wife, a corporate executive, multimillionaire, finance, and an investing coach. And you will get from the gist of this podcast how much Ketty is obsessed with showing women how to take control of their financial future. And she is on a mission to serve those who have traditionally been left out of the financial world. And she does so by bringing a simple step-to-step approach to saving, investing, and creating wealth. What I love about Ketty's story, and you will hear it, is that you can change everything about your life once you make the decision to do so. And she shares her story from where she was growing up with a single mom to where she is now and what a beautiful life that she is creating with her family. And she believes, Kenny believes that every woman deserves the confidence, clarity, and peace of mind that comes with knowing that you are in control of your financial future. And she wants you to know that anything is absolutely possible. So grab that java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. I'm Lianne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome, Ketty, to the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. How are you this morning? Good. I'm so thrilled to be here and so excited about today. Me too. I think just, again, as we started before we hit record, I find I, find I start talking and we start talking to start talking with my guests and then I'm like, wait, stop, let's hit record. Um, so before we actually get into it, because I know we have many things that you wanted, to, we want to chat about, maybe you can just tell the listeners who you are, where you are in the world and what you are really excited about as this version of Ketty. Oh my God. I feel like I am thriving right now and I couldn't be more happy, uh, happier. So I am a passionate money and investment coach for women. Um, so my journey in this field started at a very young age. I was raised very poor by a single mom. Um, we lived in a one bedroom apartment. I actually had rats going, crawling on my bed. We were that poor. We lived near the garbage dumpster. 
Um, so, and then after that, I went to college because I wanted to make money. I wanted, I was tired of being poor as a kid. I wanted, so I went to college. I studied finance. So I have a degree in finance and I also, um, have worked for fortune 500 companies, just managing their finances, their budgets, um, their investments, low risk. Um, and so that's, I kind of learned on the job also how to manage money. Um, and then. And then in my 20s, when I started making money, as someone that didn't have money, I am that I was spending it like if that day was my last day. Like when I tell you, I think um uh my mentor has a coach that says that she invested like she she would spend it like she stole it. And that, that was literally me too. Um and then one day I just working on Wall Street, I just and seeing how many people, uh, how people were making money, you know, I started to like learn on the job also. Um, and I invested, I started investing and stopped spending on clothes. I mean, I love clothes. I love, you know, and I still do, but now I actually have a money allocated for that because I also believe in enjoying your money too. You can't just like money is a tool to live the life that you want. I mean, that's what it's all about. So, um, so now where I am, I have a multi um, seven figure investment portfolio in stocks, a multi um, seven figure investment portfolio in real estate. So my life is completely different than from when I was a kid. And I am so happy. I, I'm, I feel just so fulfilled right now, just creating this for myself and for my kids. But the, COVID, I, the way this um, journey started and me wanting to help women was during COVID. So COVID, during COVID, my husband and I watching TV because everybody was home and watching <laughs> TV. I, there was, um, I was on Instagram and somebody, she was like a rich, she was a rich lady that I followed. Um, she's, a, I think a celebrity. And she said something like, she said, the poor are buying toilet paper and the rich are buying stocks right now. Mm, nice. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, and I turned to my husband and I said, oh my God, Mike, that is so true. Because when the stock market was crashing in March and April, when COVID first happened, we actually bought a ton of stocks, um, mainly index fund. Um, and we made a bucket load of money that we were able to buy an investment property because of it. And in my head, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, Mike, I feel like I have to give back. Being raised the way I was. And did what I did during that time and people, and it's true, the poor were buying toilet paper. That's all they were concerned about. Not realizing that now, if I wasn't in that, if I didn't know what I know about the stock market, I would not, I would be afraid watching the stock market drop. I would run for the hills. I would take all my money out. Not really, not realizing that's an opportunity for me to make money. And that's exactly what we did. And that's what the rich did during that time too. Many people made so much money during that time. Um, so that's how my journey started. And I started, I reached out to uh, an investment coach for women at that time. And I re and I said, you know, um, do you need a coach? You know, I would love to help out. So I did it pro bono. And as I was doing it, um, I did it for like a, a year and, and a half. And I swear the feeling that I would get from women that would tell me, oh my God, thank you for teaching me how to manage my money. Um, it was like worth a million bucks to me. It was so mm -hmm. fulfilling, more fulfilling than my executive job where I was just like crunching numbers and making, you know, and, and making the company rich, you know, it was right. just like, 
I, I can't express how fulfilled I was feeling and how happy I was feeling. And I was getting, I wasn't getting paid for this. <laughs> Which yeah. is a huge sign, right? That's a huge sign that when you follow the feeling and that giving and receiving, because you're receiving, you're receiving something from that giving that, you know, it, that's more fulfilling and more rich in quotes than what is actually the number on the, in the bank account. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, I love it. I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah. And so that's when um, I never thought about starting my own business or even creating a, a course in this or even teaching women on my own. But then I ended up meeting um, who is now my mentor and you know her too, Le- Leanne. And I was talking to her about how is it that I can make extra money on the side? And, you know, in addition to my, and she was like, why aren't you branching out on your own and teaching this and actually getting paid for it? teaching financial women literacy. And that's how the wealthy femme community started. Um, so, um, and that's how I started to build. I created my Instagram page, wealthy fans to start teaching women about financial literacy. Um, I created a Facebook group and now I'm creating a course that I am so excited about because just the key principles I'm going to be teaching in there can be life-changing. And I feel like it's so important to women. Why? Because women are living longer than men number one. And so it is so critical for them to know how to manage the money when and if their husband passes away. I have a prime example of um, a woman, a family member that I know, her husband passed away. He was, um, he was a multimillionaire. He passed away. So she was then left with being responsible for the money. She, this was uh, 30, this was um, 20 years ago that this happened. She is now poor, literally mm. poor. We are having to give her money. And I used to go to her house when I was younger because there was a family member and it was, you know, they had so much wealth, but being that she was left with all this money, she was afraid. She didn't know what to do with it. And now she doesn't have a penny to her dime. Her daughter is also financially struggling, but that's my point. Like women, she didn't, she had no knowledge of financial literacy, no knowledge. And so I think, I think this is a great, great point. Um, different generation, but do you think that with the younger generations, like you're, so she's an older lady, do you think the younger generations are any better off learning? Cause I, I know they still don't teach this in school. Like I've been teaching my, my kids and my son started a little business in COVID. So he knows what it's about. He's read a few of the, the books, right? Mm-hmm. So do you think that like say 20 years females or young people right now, are any better off? No, With I think because like you said, they don't teach it in school. No, they don't teach it in school right now. And it's not, I'm, you know, now that I know it, like I cannot believe that it's not taught in school because like money is a part of our lives. It's the way we pay for things. It's the, it's, it's, it's how we buy a house. You know, it's the way it's a tool used to live our, the life that we want, whatever that is for you or for me, you know, everybody has different dreams, but no, I don't think any, I, I think financial education is super critical and, and important for every age. Um, and yeah, I'm teaching it to my kids, but it was never taught to me as a kid. Yeah. My mom knew nothing about it. Um, and you know, my dad actually did, um, but my parents were divorced. So I didn't, he never taught us anything about it. Um, we never knew anything about it. I mean, now that I know what I know, I can see how he created his wealth. Um, but, but yeah. And the other aspect is that for a lot of women, their husbands are managing all their finances. So, 
um, even if there's a divorce, you know, a lot of times they are left with nothing, um, which is kind of what happened with my mom, which is why we were so poor after, you know, um, so it's super important. And the other, the other, and the other aspect in working with women that I realized is that there's so much fear. Yeah. Around the stock market and granted you can make money in many ways, real estate, stock market, um, building your own business. Um, my expertise is in um, the stock market and in real estate, but I'm, this is just talking about the stock market. Um, like there is so much fear around it and thinking it's only for men. I used mm-hmm. to be like that too. I worked in Wall Street and I was like the only girl half the time in meetings, right. um, you know, and it is scary when you think about it, you know, and seeing it go up and down. But when you educate yourself on the stock market and how it works, it is super easy. And I will be teaching and I know of a way, which is investing in index funds, which is the easiest way, the easiest way to make money in the stock market, okay. you know, right now. So, so for example, if you were to invest um, $400,000 and $400 a month, you know, in the stock market, you will end up, this is in 30 years, where you will end up with 789,571. And so that is with you only putting 400 a month, which means after 30 years, you've only put 144,000 of your own money, yeah. of your own money, but you're going to end up with 789,571, right? And so what a way, what a way for younger people, right? Who maybe are still living at home that have some disposable income, right? They're not, I mean, let's be real right now, interest rates are crazy. So people being able to go and afford to buy a home, some are still doing it, but it's like for younger kids out of school per se, what a way for them. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the book. It's by David Bach. I think it's called the the latte factor. Um, yeah, is so good, is so good about literally like, think about what you're spending your money on and not that you want to give up your lattes. I know I don't, but like putting a little bit and $400 really, I mean, it may seem like a lot, but if you think of that's a month, depending on how you get paid, like it's not a lot, right? Um, So yeah. I think when people see the numbers and the fear is real for sure, I I've been investing um, all my life, like since I was knowledgeable because my grandfather was knowledgeable, right? So again, it's where that knowledge doesn't exist. It's hard for people to go forward. But um, knowing that it is a long game, I think that's where people are so fearful with the lack and the scarcity mindset. If I give away that money and I lose it, I'll never get it back. And that's a whole other conversation, right, Ketty, in the the energetics of money um, and how it is just a tool, right? And and is that something that you teach in your course as well? Yes. The first part of the course, it's all money mindset. Why? Because I can tell you this much. It was very easy for me to make seven figures. It, the hardest part for me was believing I can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the hardest part thinking that I could invest me, a girl that was raised poor, that has no, that was not, you know, good at math. That was, um, even though I, I was interested in finance, you know, and I did, I did well in school. I thought that it was impossible, especially working around all these men in Wall Street thinking, oh, it's just a men's uh, 
a man's world, you know, for them to invest, you know, about stocks, you know, I had, you know, the belief, you know, so yes, it's very easy for you to start investing your money and making money in the stock market. The, and and I just wanted to touch on some of the key, key principles of money management. Yeah. So the first one, which is something that I never did. And once I, this, what this changed everything for me was facing my money. So I used to make mm. money. Once I started working, I would, money would hit my bank account and I would never look at my bank account. I would just swipe my card because yeah. as a girl that was raised poor, having money, oh my God, this was like, you know, a whole new world for me. So I would just spend it all. And the only time I would face my money is when I would swipe my, my card and it would say it declined. And it was because mm. I, my account, my bank account was overdrawn, you know? And so I would, that's when I just got so sick and tired of being fearful of money and not investing and hearing about everybody else making money mm. in this because that's where I worked. So that's all I would hear about. Um, and, um, I just got so sick of it. And that's when I did the biggest thing was pull all my credit card statements, pull my bank account and actually look at all my expenses. And I did. And that's one of the practices I have you do in my course is pull all your bank statements you know, all your investments and your investments, your bank statements, your credit card statements, and look at all the ins and the outs. And let's see how much surplus you have, or deficit you have at the end of the month. And let's make decisions based on that. And then let's look at your goals. What are your goals? Each of them are achievable. As someone that grew up the way I did, I can tell you each of them are achievable, whatever Mm. they want. Um, and so that's the difference between the rich and the poor is that they pay, pay themselves first. So when, you know, under electricity bill or a phone bill, it should be pay me, yeah. which means whatever it is, 10%, 15% of your salary and start investing it. You know, that's the, that's the difference between the rich and the poor. While the the rich have it under the electricity bill and the phone bill to pay, to pay themselves first. Me, who was who had the poor mindset at the time, used to have it after, after I bought all the clothes, after I bought this, after I bought that. Oh, I don't have any extra money to invest. Well, I guess I'm not right. investing anymore. That's the way I used to think. You know, meanwhile, if you don't have enough money to invest in yourself, to invest in, in yourself, in your future, in your future goals, financial goals, retirement, second home, a boat, whatever it is you know, then what are you working towards? You know, then that's kind of what the, when I started to sit down with myself and realize that I was just like, Oh my God, this is going to be the, my story for the rest of my life. And right. that's how for a lot, there's a huge statistic out there that a lot of elderly are going back to work. They don't have enough money saved, mm. you know, for their retirement. Some of them are working till 80. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and at that time, you know, could you still work? Maybe, but I mean, at that time, you, there are your golden years. You do want to relax. You do want to enjoy the fruits of your labors, you know? Um, so, so that's, that's the first piece. Um, the second piece, you know, is, um, is, is I used to think I need a financial advisor. You don't. The one, the financial advisor is going to do the same thing that I'm going to tell you to do invest in index funds. The same right. thing. And guess what the financial advisor is going to charge you? 1.5%. And yeah. index funds management fee is only 0.03%. So if we were to calculate 1.5%, let's say you invest 450 a month for 30 years with an average of 10% per year. Mm. With a 1.5% fee fund, uh, I mean, a fund, 
fee paying the advisor, yeah. you would be paying him 217000 which right. would leave with only 670000 Wow, if you invested in an index fund without a financial advisor fee, and that's at a 0.03% fee, you would only pay $5,000 and mm. you would be left with 883000 mm. And how so can, you- yeah, the numbers, like it's, it's, that is actually clear math, right? And it's, I think, and you're right. I so, I'm so happy that you're, you know, creating this course because it's the fear of the unknown, right? That people, that stops people A, from doing it or not believing that, that they can just do it themselves. And I mean, for some people, if you've, if, if that difference in the money is not important, you're still walking away with 600 and some thousand dollars. Great. But why wouldn't you just learn? Because what happens to that investor? What happens if that person does something and then you don't know, right? Like there's so many benefits to having someone to learning it yourself, right? And being able to do that with absolutely anything. You don't want to have to rely on someone else all the time. But what you said at the beginning is it it's that belief and that knowing that you sort of are worthy of being wealthy or or getting out of the situation that you're in. And is that for you, just going back a second, for you growing up like you did, how did you like sort of get to that point where you're like, I know I'm made for more. I know that I can, I believe that this, that I'm capable of this. Was there something that shifted for you? It was just, uh, it was actually once when I was out with my friends, this was like right out of my, my first job. Um, when I was out with my friends, we were out to dinner and I was living the high life thinking I could go to, you know, living in New York city, you, you have these great, beautiful, fancy restaurants and I wanted to do that too. So just the embarrassment of having my card swiped and then saying it was declined and I couldn't cover. I was out with my friends. So it was like the shame, you know, of me being the only one not being able to cover my portion of the meal, which was an expensive meal. It was like an expensive restaurant. And I had like fancy clothes on, which I couldn't afford. You know, it was the shame of, um, of, of, of my friends and just of myself, you know, not that they said anything, but it was just like, I just felt so shameful. And I actually, so one, fr- a friend covered me, but I actually had to borrow money from my sister to pay them back because at that time, my account did not have enough money to cover it. So it was the shame. And so that's when I started to say, okay, I have to, I have to make a change because I can't keep on living like this. I can't keep on, you know, a not wanting to not being able to go out, not wanting to go out, not being able to go out and not, you know, um, wanting to live my life the way I want to live it, you know, but at the same, you know, at the same time, I have to be able to take care of myself and take care of my future self, you know, too. So it was that shame was that was the moment that I was like, I can't keep on doing this, you know, and it was just very shameful for me. So then I started reading books. Um, I started reading books and, and I started, um, just learning at at where I worked, you know, I mean, I, I did that for my company budget wise, you know, and that's the other thing is that, you know, all these companies, whether it's a Google, Facebook, all of them that have so much money in their balance sheet, you need to see yourself as, um, as a fortune 500 company, all of them being that I worked for them. 
they know where they know every penny that comes in and every penny that goes out, you know, and they have a budget for each aspect of the company. And we can't go over that budget, you know, because we need money. I mean, Google has so much money on their balance sheet, but, and yes, they have so much money, but it doesn't mean they're going to spend it all. They do, they invest, they actually invest in other companies. They have obviously investments in the stock market as well, you know, but they have, they know every penny that goes out, it's managed meticulously. You know, they have a whole group and then they have budgets for each category. Then we, you are not allowed to go above that budget. And that was the one thing that as I was learning this on the job, and then as I was, I had a mentor at work who was also, um, who took me on and who, who was also multimillionaire. And I started sitting with them and following how they invest. And also I started reading books. So it all kind of came together and I started doing it slowly. It didn't start with 400 a month. It started with like 50 bucks a month, right? you know, because I wasn't making a lot of money at the time, you know, but eventually I was able to build, you know, as I got promotions, as I got raises, I was able to um, build it up, you know, my, my monthly investment, the monthly investment portion. And then I was also able to, you know, that's another thing, you know, I teach in my courses. Yes, it's not only about investing for retirement, but what are your other financial goals? You know, I also wanted to buy a place, yeah. you know, so I started to open the bank account where I would also put money in, in that bank account to invest, to, to, that would be invested so I can buy a place eventually within five years. Um, and so that ended up happening for me too, which was um, an exciting time for me, but it's all because I made the decision. I took the time to read and learn and hang around the people that actually were doing it. You know, because I had, it wasn't my mom or my parents that could teach me. Nobody around me knew how to do this. So I had to teach myself, but it was the embarrassment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and some people um, take that like you did and you're like, I don't like this feeling. So I'm going to make a change. And you said, like you said, you made a decision. Um, and I feel that some people, you know, when they don't listen to that, right. This is why we talk about people like this elderly lady or people that, we always hear the stories of people who win the lottery, who don't know really what to do with it. And then they're poor within a couple of years again, or because they, they don't understand the, it's about the feeling of what the money does, right? It's not the money itself. And so for you, knowing that shame and that ugh, feeling inside that you didn't want to feel, you're like, I have the power to make a change and make this different. And is that, something like when women come to work with you and we'll get back to the, the the three key principles, but is there a lot of shame around things like that around I've spent so much money on clothes or I've bought these things that I know I, cause they know, right. It's whether or not they choose to acknowledge it or shove it under the rug. Is that one big thing that you work with or that they come with you going, I just feel so shamed that I've racked up all this debt. Yes, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame about it, um, about the credit card debt. There's a lot of shame about not knowing how to manage their money. There's a lot of shame about, um, and I also speak, I all, had all of that, you know, about not having any money invested, you know, about not making investments. Uh, you know, there's just so much shame. And a lot of it is the inner work, you know, because honestly, making money is pretty easy. 
that's the the biggest part is changing the mindset and changing that shift. And but the shame will go away and start to get better once you start taking action. And once you start learning how to invest, stay taking action. To, I mean, the minute I I started investing, even though I started with only $50, I felt so proud of myself. Yeah. I felt so happy. You know, so you're and, taking control. You're taking control. Yeah. And, and it was also, you know, facing my, my bank account, you know, because that was the hardest part was like, you know, facing my bank account and seeing like how much money I had spent and how much money I didn't have, you know, and, and also seeing the vision of what you want. And remember that this, it's a long-term game. There's the short term, um, making money, the, the quick get rich, quick schemes, do not exist. All of you would tell you whether it's even if you look at companies like Netflix, Google, Apple, Amazon, all of them it took them years to get to where they are. It took, you know, it took me years also to have my $7 million um, stock portfolio and invest and real estate portfolio. I mean, not $7 million, seven, seven figure <laughs> but um, in each, you know, like that's what it, you know, it took years. You know, it's not something, but you have to build it over time. And yes, you can accelerate it. Um, the more money you put in the stock market will start to accelerate because of compounding. Right. Compounding is like, as Einstein would call it, you know, one of the wonders of the world. You know, the more money you put in, index funds are an easy and a passive way to invest in the stock market. Um, so that's what I that's mainly what the way I, the way I teach, I do also teach investing in single stocks. I teach how to, how to pick it and also how to um, buy, buy low, you know, when, when to buy low, um, that's, that's a different area of the course, but you want it, if you want to just be passive index funds on the way are the, the way to go, you know, open a brokerage account, you know, um, I do recommend that you have some sort of tax, um, some uh, tax advantage, you know, a, an account like an RA or 401k that can, you know, help reduce the taxes for you. Because even though I don't mind paying taxes, I also like to reduce them as well. Yeah, of course. And yeah. yeah. I don't know in New York city, but in Ontario, like in Canada, our taxes are insane. Right. So it's, I think New York is one of the higher tax States if I'm not. Yeah. So I love, I love that because I think there's just, even with, there's so much fear out there that's propaganda that's put out by the media that's put out by whatever right to keep people in maybe a, this sort of medium line of life like not being excel or being wealthy and again it's not about the number in the bank account it's about what the money affords us but yeah why like Somebody's going to listen to this, Ketty, and go, is it really that easy? They're going to be skeptical, right? Because they see how much their loss is when the, the market crashes. And again, that all comes back to how people were brought up, the mindset, the worthiness. But is there, like, is there something that you could share when it comes to just saying, like, you have to believe in the long game? Or is there somewhere that, other than obviously speaking with you, but something that people can look at that goes, oh yeah, like look at, cause that's what our invest, like I remember we go and we look at, look at the, you know, the 10 year average and it goes up and it goes down. But like, I, I know for me, like I am ready to, I'm not a risk advert. Like I, 
I'm willing to put a little bit more in because I can see the long game. But what for somebody who's just stuck on the, yeah, but the market's so bad, the interest rates are so bad, like the fear in that. And is that one of the the other three key principles, like working through that fear? Yeah, it's um the best the best part of working through that fear is is educating yourself on how on how to invest on how the stock market works. Okay. You know, um because yes, one of the key you know, the key principles of money management obviously are facing the first one facing it, you know, um looking at your expenses expenses knowing where you stand, you know, with all the ins and outs of coming what's coming in, what's going out. You know, looking at looking at at everything that is going out and asking yourself, you know, am I being really intentional with this money? Like, what you know, does this is this gonna is this important to me? You know, buying this shirt or buying these pants or buy you know at this price? Do I really need to pay for? You know, that's I'm going through what I went through. Yeah, yeah. Do I really need two hundred pair dollar pants? Sometimes I do, or maybe it's. You could buy that one and that's it because you really want a good fitting pant. But then doesn't mean you need five pairs of those pants. You know, it can mean that you just need one pair or two pairs, you know, um, you know, depending on what you need it for. I, I know I used to have to wear it to work, yeah. you know, so need clothes were important, but I didn't need so many outfits, you know, and it's also, you know, I know when you spoke about the latte factor before, you know, I also like good coffee and I love Starbucks, but the truth is they are very expensive. Um, and, and the truth is that saving a dollar, you know, all the time is not going to make you rich, but the point is to be intentional with your money, you know, being, so I make my coffee at home and I love it. I make it the way I want it. And, but when I go to Starbucks, sometimes, you know, I buy my favorite drink and yes, it is more than I like to spend, but you know, every once in a while it's okay. And that's what I, that's also another thing that I teach that depriving yourself can also hurt you too you also need mm-hmm. to leave some money to also enjoy yourself enjoy your money as well yeah. but that doesn't mean um to not have a budget you know which is the second piece have a budget for whatever it is you know for um for rent rent should of rent or living should also be a certain percentage of your income so some people actually spending 50 when we've looked at some of um people's expenses 50 percent of their salary or of their money coming in is going into where they live because they want to live in a really nice place and i get that so either something has to change either you need to make more money or you need to um you need to go somewhere where you can live where the rent is less yeah i mean you know so that's another that's another um area where you know once you look at your money and your budget you start making decisions, focusing on your future, decisions on where you're going, not decisions about where you are. Because um, if if where you are is not where you want to be, then let's look forward. And that you eventually will get there. I know I did. You know, um, I every, uh, you know, every couple of years we're, we're moving up, but that's because we're always making decisions on where we want to be, you know, um, and there's always opportunity in the stock market. I know right now, I mean, the stock market um, in 2023 made 25%. So um, I know there was so much fear, but mm. that's that's another thing. Shut off the news. <laughs> yes, yes, shut it off. It's not made to help you. No. It's not made to help you. It's only negative. And yes, rates are up. Rates are up, but and 
and that doesn't mean that the rates aren't going to come back down. When have you ever seen a graph that just shows it going straight up? Never. Never. Whether it's the stock market, whether it's the interest rates, it does this. And the point is, in order to be winning in the stock market, you need to be in it. You need to be in it. You need to start investing. Um, and and I, I just, you know, I'm so passionate about this because I've seen the change in me and I've seen the change in women. And so I want to set, share some examples of the power of not investing. I know people are like, oh, the stock market is so risky, but it's risky not investing. All the money that you're leaving on the table. So for example, everybody's heard of Mike Tyson. He um he was worth once $400 million. Mm. And then in 2003, five, five years later, he files for bankruptcy. How is it that you were $400 million and you file for bankruptcy? Yeah. Like, it's because he spent the money, like, because he had all that money, he didn't invest it. And he admits it. He didn't invest anything. He actually was giving money away to everybody, which is fine. You're generous. Also, yeah. that's the one thing I teach. Have a budget for charity because we need to give back. But it doesn't mean I'm going to give, you know, if I'm, if I'm worth 400 million, it doesn't mean I'm going to give 300 million. No. <laughs> You know, um, he spent it all. He gave it all away. He bought the most expensive house. He bought the most expensive furniture, he bought the most expensive pool. I mean, it doesn't mean, you know, you can upgrade because you have that kind of money, but doesn't, but you should also have budgets for it. Okay. Let's not, yeah. let's create a budget for what kind of house we want. Um, and then you have basket, you know, I have like the Olympic and world championship figure skater, Dorothy Hamill, who was worth, um, 25 million and then she declared bankruptcy also 20 years later you know the basketball player alan iverson earns over 150 million in his nba career and even more through sponsorship deals Mm -hmm. and then 10 years later he filed for bankruptcy and there was lawsuits against him because he owed jewelers and uh, and um credit card companies a total of 860,000. wow Wow. Now let me sh- that. So that's the power of not investing, not knowing how to manage your money. Yeah. Now let me give you examples of people that were not making even six figures. And actually when, when they died, people were shocked on how much money they had in their bank account. And actually I experienced that in my, fa- in uh, someone that married into our family too. Um, okay. So one of them was a janitor who a janitor only made 50,000 a year. He didn't have a family. He just worked his whole life and he saved. He saved. When he died, he had $8 million. Wow. And people were shocked. He died when he was 75. His name is Ronald Reed. He he were he was he worked at a Vermont gas station his whole life. And um and he said his investments were included stocks as ATT, Bank of America, CBS, General Motors, and he only invested in what he knew and he invested in stocks that pay dividends. I also have a dividend chapter in my course as well. I also love dividend stocks because they're, the interest is higher than, um, than any, um, any, any savings account, number one. And number two, you can reinvest those dividends and then you get even, you get paid even more the next time. Right. Right. So he died with $8 million. People were shocked. Like how is it the janitor? Who didn't even make right, right? Um, but I, Sylvia, Sylvia Bloom worked for sixty-seven years at a New York City law firm. You, you can look all of this up; it's on the internet. Um, she left six million to social services, 
she only made twenty thousand a year. Right. Um, and she and yeah, she worked for sixty years. But the point is, what she made and what she amassed when she died. I mean, it's it's like some people will never see this kind of money. Yeah. A lot of the times, um, okay, Gladys Holm is another one, another secretary. She earns more than fifteen thousand in annual salary. She copied her boss's stock purchases. So since she she was a secretary, her boss would have her buy stock right. for him. She would take note of the stock. She would go home on in her brokerage account, buy the same stock for herself with her own money. Brilliant. And she died with 18 million that she donated to a children's hospital. Wow. See, this is the power of um, like obviously the power of investing, but also just getting that knowledge right and like you said I like that last that last story there because it's like took the initiative if this person is doing this now that can also backfire I suppose sometimes but I mean there's a I guess these are amazing stories Ketty and I think they're great to show the example of of the power of investing but I also like you did mention at one point where it's like you also have to leave room to live right we also have to have lit life because these people like this janitor he works all his life dies has all this money and not to say that we don't know the rest of the story right maybe maybe he did do other things but it's like we also have to live and i like i personally don't believe in balance per se i think there's got to be a harmony with our life with the things that we desire and how we live in the real world the realistic world versus what we desire but how do we find that sort of sweet spot between investing for our future and still living, not burning through money like, you know, you stole it, but still living a quality of life where you want to enjoy life and do the things you want to do when you're young, right? Saving and investing until you're older, then what happens when you get, you know, maybe you get sick and you're not able to actually enjoy it. And so I think this is a really important thing to talk about because, I mean, if you want to give money away, like these people, or you want to leave it to your kids, also very amazing. But I also want to experience life with my kids now and being able to do that. So where do we find the quote balance in this investing life, living life now, while sort of we can, because I know in my career, in my life, life can change in an instant and we might not be here tomorrow. So maybe you can talk on that just sort of for those that are like, yeah, but I want to, like, I can't take it with me when I die sort of people. Yeah, no, I think, I, like I said, the first thing that's important is to face your money, look at the ins and outs, then you, then write down all of your goals. What are your goals? You know, obviously, you know, um, a lot of people have a retirement goal, you know, some people have, you need an emergency um, fund. Um, you do need a short term. I also have a short term, medium term goal, which is like um, buying another property. So we do put money into that account. I also have um, a bucket in my budget, which is like just fun stuff with going out to dinner, vacations um, with my family, you know, and want, and then put an amount, you know, next to those goals, you know, does vacation cost 5,000? Does vacation cost 2,000? You know, um, so it's, 
it's laying out what are your goals? What is the dream for your life? And then putting an amount next to each, you know, your retirement account, you know, you could do that too. You know, we, we right now just put a certain amount of money. Um, and that's another thing you can also, your retirement account after a while, if you put enough money, it will start compounding on its own without you even putting money there. You know, so right now that's where we're at. We're actually putting more money towards our goals, which is the stuff we want to do now. The stuff we like, we want to, you know, we want to go on more vacations. Our kids are still are now at the age where they're going to enjoy going to Europe or going to certain countries. Yes. So we have, we put more, we put money towards that bank account because that's important to us. So what is important to you? And if you, and if you're not having enough money to put into each of those buckets, then we need to ask our, ourselves the question, how can I make more money? How can I raise, how can I bring in, you know, an extra hundred dollars a month or $200 a month to yeah. put into my short-term goal, which is either vacation or buying a vaca- uh, vacations, or maybe, you know, um, going out to eat more, or it could be anything. It doesn't have to be as big yeah. as a vacation or it could be buying a sec- uh, a home or it could be, you know, um, taking your mom uh, on a, on a nice vacation, um, or to a show in the city or whatever yeah. it is, you know, so it's, it's laying out your goals. And then if you're not there, if you're at a deficit, you know, then we need to find out ways how to make more money, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's that promotion at your company, whether it's a side hustle, um, whether it's, um, you know, learning a new skill set so that you can make more money and start putting more money into these buckets, you know, of, of whatever your financial goals are, you know? Um, so that, that's the way I started because I wanted to do certain things and what I was making at that time wasn't enough. So I started to push really hard on my job to start making more money. And then when I married my husband, we started to figure out ways to make extra money um, on the side. I think that's great. Yeah. I think that is really, you can always make more money, right? That there's that saying, you can always make more money, but you can't really, depending on what you believe, create more time. And I think, I think starting with what is it that you actually want out of this life, right? Do you, do you, do you want two houses? Do you want, like, maybe that's not what people want. Maybe they want the European vacation every summer. Like, I think that's important. And so many people don't know, right? So many people just don't even know what they want. And they're afraid to sit and figure that out because they're afraid of the cost or the implications of what they have to give up. And they don't look on the other side of, yeah, but I will gain this. So I think that is a great place to start. What is what is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself on this journey? Coming from growing up in poverty, to building these amazing portfolios to now sort of wanting to get out of your corporate job and really go all in on your own business. What is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself? Is that I can have it all. I really thought when I was younger and as I was growing up that this was going to be my life forever because that's all I saw around me was poverty, pain, and struggle. I really thought that was going to be my life forever because that's where I was put. That's where I was born into. So the biggest part of this journey and that, and I even teach this to my kids is that you can change your life. You can literally change it. And it takes, and it starts with a decision and it starts, it starts with taking action towards it. And it's going to start small. Like I started with only $50 a month 
I never would have imagined that I would have amassed to what I have right now. Never in a million years. If you would have told me this when I was younger, whether even if it's like, you know, marrying my husband, you know, who is an amazing guy. I wasn't, you know, I was raised where there was just nobody had a, a fam, a good family structure. It was all like, you know, broken families and, or like nobody had dads, you know? So, you know, it's ever, you can have it all, you know? And so that's the biggest part of this. And financially it was just that it gets to be easy. It can mm. be, it can be passive investing. You don't have to sit at your computer and watch stocks all the time and read, you know, and know everything about the stock market. No, you can open a brokerage account, start putting money um, into a brokerage account. I would, you know, start with an IRA with some sort of tax with, with an account that can help you with your taxes, some tax advantage account. And then start putting money into that account and then open another account for your short-term goals and whatever that is. I have a friend who just wants to live in a cabin and wants to make enough where she's getting paid. She can take out 4% every month, every, every month, and it can pay her expenses. And she wants, she doesn't, she wants to stop working. Not everybody wants that big house or, you know, multi, multi homes or go to Europe. They just want to live in a cabin and live in the water. And cause that's, that's their dream. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Everybody has a different dream. Some people want to retire early and just live a modest life because that's what they enjoy. Yeah. You know, not everybody wants the luxury life, which is fine. Sometimes less is more, right? Less, less stuff. Like that's what I want. I want a richer life with less stuff. It's more like just more experiences and yeah, cabin in the woods sometimes sounds wonderful. Yeah. And that's exactly also what I teach in my course, the fire, um, the, the fire method, which is where you, you calculate um, how much you need to have in your, in your brokerage account where you can pull out 4% every month and not have to put any more money in and live on that and not have to work. I love so, it. Um, but it takes steps though, to get yeah. there. And I would do that. And, and that's the biggest thing that, that it gets to be easy. And the stock market is not a fearful place. <laughs> no, I think that is, that is definitely something that needs to be put out there more is that this is nothing to be um, afraid of. There's a lot of unprogramming, right? Deprogramming that society has to go through to understand that where you can be, you can make money anywhere, anytime. You just have to know and surround yourself with those that, uh, that have already done it, right? When we see the proof of other people, we gain that belief in ourselves that we too can do that. Um, and you'll know this saying, right? Like if she can, I can. So I think this is amazing. So where can people find you, Ketty? Um, and maybe, you know, about your course, when that's going to be available. Um, and if people want to get in touch with you to learn more. Yeah. So the best place to find me right now is on Instagram. So it's wealthy underscore femme, um, on Instagram. And I do have a link in my bio that would take you to my website. And on my website, I do have, um, the wait list for, for my, for my course. So you will then immediately get notifications on, on when my course is live. Um, so the plan is for my course to be live in a month. So I'm so excited about this because I've been working on this for a year. I've been putting my heart and soul to make it simple for everyone. I want every woman to say that they feel financially secure mm -hmm. and that they um, feel confident in investing and they have full trust in themselves, you know, to invest in this, whether it's the stock market, real estate, whatever it is, you know, to go out there and take control of their financial future. That's what I want. And I, I, I just, 
look forward to that day. You yeah. know, um, I'm so excited about my course because I mean, it is something that I wish I had because I piecemealed between books, <laughs> um, learning on the job between, um, buying my courses on investing in stocks, you know, like all of it, you know, I piecemealed it and I just made it quick, simple and easy. Um, and I'm so excited about it. I cannot wait. I love it so much. I think it is really going to change a lot of women's lives. And so I appreciate you so much. And I'll be sure to put all of this in the show notes, um, the links to get people get on the wait list, your IG account. I think one last question is that, you know, you're still working this corporate, you're building this business, you have a passion for helping. And I want to know how you find the harmony right now in your life between all the things and you live in New York city, right? So it's a, it's a happening place, but um, how do you find the harmony right now? Oh, you know what? It's all about what needs to get done. You know, uh, you know, I do, you know, I, I, it's hard for me in, in terms of finding the balance It's all about who needs me the most. So sometimes it's my kids, like um, the last two days, my kids are, are big in sports. So they've been playing a lot of sports. I want to be there. So I'm there, you know, today. So I make sure I'm there for the games today. You know, it's been about, you know, spending time in my, cause it's, it's a, it's a holiday. So it's spending time in the wealthy femme community, because I really want to keep on putting my course out there, keep on making sure I, I nurture and feed the community community. And then tomorrow I actually do still work at my corporate job. Um, so during the week, they do have my time, you know, right now, I am not able to leave um, the corporate job because as I, you know, and that's another thing. When I sat down and look at my finances, I have a huge responsibility to my family, you know, in terms of, um, you know, where we're at right now um, financially and what is it we want to do. So until I get this core, until I get Wealthy Femme up and running and making the money that I need for it to make, I and I'm not able to um, leave the corporate job right now. So that's another thing. Yeah, I sat down and I said, okay, when is it that I would be able to leave? you know, my corporate job and, and actually start working fully in my business, you know, and it's when I, you know, when I start making a certain amount of money in the wealthy femme community, you mm. know, so it won't be a side hustle anymore. It'll be my, just my full, my full time job, which would be my dream because this is what I love. So that's what it's, it's, it's just working. It's whoever needs me at the time and wherever I need to put the time in, you know, um, my family will always come first because, you know, my kids are only little ones. So I try to be there for the game, but at the same time, I also want to live, you know, this beautiful, you know, adventure life, you know, that my kids even love. They're like, where mom, where we're going to next. So, you know, (laughs) it's making sure, you know, we, um, we put in the time to earn the money and that we're making, we're reaching those goals financially so that we can actually go out there and enjoy the life in the way we want to live, which is, you know, travel, have great experience, have amazing experiences. I want, that's all I want for myself too. I want to have amazing experiences and part of it too is traveling for me. So that's kind of, I, I figure out my time who needs me the most at the time. And you know what? And that's exactly why I don't believe in balance is that you just have to go where the energy is needed and be okay that you're present, right? Being present where you are, being where your feet are at any given time is the harmony because you're not missing out on on where you're supposed to be. So I love that so much, Ketty. Thank you so much. So much information in here. 
Um, and again, I'll put all the stuff in the show notes for people to reach out and get on the wait list for your course. I think it's so important people understand that there is a different way. There's a different way, right? We don't have to be stuck in these old um, paradigms of, you know, whatever has been dealt to us, that, that we, that's what we have to live, that you can actually change your life. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Leanne. I love this. And I, I just um, cannot wait for all the women to just start making money and taking control of their financial future. So thank you so much for this, for this time. I agree. Thank you so much. If you have loved this episode of the spiritual shift worker podcast, make sure that you share subscribe, and we will catch you next week. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shipper podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shipworker and on Instagram at Lyanne Magahi. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.